The following episode of Welcome Back is a self-indulgent analysis of a hobby and fandom that has been very important to Chris and Mario's friendship, professional wrestling. While we do believe that there is something any and everyone can enjoy in this conversation, we understand that the subject matter will not appeal to every listener. We make no apologies for our love of professional wrestling, but we understand if you choose to skip this episode. But for real, don't skip the episode. Welcome back, I'm Mario. Welcome back, I'm Chris. We're two Diablo friends talking about things we like, tackling the world's stickiest subjects, telling stories instead of going to therapy, and hoping you'll laugh the pain away with us. Today, we're welcoming you to pull up a chair. Don't hit us with it, because we're having a conversation (laughs) about professional wrestling. That was slick. That was slick. I like it. I know that this might not be everyone's favorite subject that we're talking about today, but even if you're not a fan of pro wrestling, I'm sure there's going to be something in here to help your day go by a little bit smoother, maybe put a smile on your face, a couple chuckles as you hear us uh, talk about one of our most common uh, of hobbies. Yeah, we've been talking about res- professional wrestling, sports entertainment, if you will, for uh, several years now. <laughs> we've talked about it a lot, so uh, we're excited to share that with you. Yeah, uh, it's one of my favorite things about the history of me and, and Chris and my friends from college getting back together afterwards to go up for WrestleMania and hang out. Uh, but before we dive too deep into our experience with pro wrestling, we thought it would be pretty fun if we were to take a moment and fantasy book our own professional wrestling company. So ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome you to Welcome Back Championship Wrestling and then you do fireworks. The theme song. And then like the... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. just work it all in. Over top of me explaining it too. Like okay, I'd say yeah. like a streamer and then you put that noise yeah. in or like the little the little thing with a happy birthday. <laughs> like a lot of editing on this wow, episode. you just got a lot of work for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, um, we are forming this fake company. And so, of course, we need champions. And yeah. For every champion, we need competitors, and we're going to put forth competitors, and we're going to figure out who will be the champion. And to help us to decide who's our champions, we brought on our number one fan, Jacob Mead. Say hello, Jake. Hello, Jake. Welcome back. (laughs) Hey, we're happy to have you here. And so we've uh, established uh, four titles in this company. We have... The Diablo Championship, which is the highest championship, the highest honor in our wrestling company, Welcome Back Championship Wrestling. We have the Outlaw Championship. If you're familiar with WWE, it'd be like the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship. Uh, We have the Valkyries Championship, which will be our ladies title. And for the tag team division, we have the Wolfpack Championship. Love it. These are some great names. I think we should go, uh, if I'm looking at the show notes here, we should go from the bottom, work way to the top. The main event of the night yep. will be the Diablo Championship. Yeah, I agree. So, cracking off the this uh, paper... Oh, what should we call the pay-per-view? Oh, that's so true. We didn't talk about this beforehand. Yeah, this is our inaugural show. That's so true. Well, welcome back, Championship Wrestling Presents. The first one. The first one. <laughs> The first and only one. (laughs) (laughs) Truly one night only. Um, So, uh, Chris, who are you presenting for the Mm. Wolfpack Championship, the tag titles? 
All right. Well, um, I went back and forth on this one, and I was hoping that by the time I got here, I would, I would feel really good about my pick, but I don't. So we're <laughs> just gonna go for it. Uh, they are plumbers. They are race car drivers. Mario and Luigi are my tag team champions. Oh, I don't wow. remember if they're brothers or uh, uncle. Are I they think. cousins? Uncle. His uncle? <laughs> yeah, it's Mario, Mario, and Luigi, Mario in the in the movie, the live action film. <laughs> okay, well, those are film. my those are my tag team champions for Welcome Back Championship Wrestling. All right, and uh, competing for that inaugural title reign, I have none other than Farkas and Vilkas of the Companions. Oh my gosh! From the hit video game Skyrim. Hit in air. Air quotes. I mean, oh. I guess when oh, you say you what the name of the game is, it's <laughs> it was a hit. Yeah. <laughs> and Jake's gonna know what you're talking about, but I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I have, have no known. idea who those yeah, were. You, be, be sure to get yes! be sure to get your copy of Skyrim <laughs> on your uh, LG smart TV today, because it's just been released what? on everything. Um, that was, I got it. <laughs> that, was a, that was a joke, but it's getting real nerdy here. Dang, I definitely lost this round then, but I can still sell it. I can still sell it. The companions. Are a group of uh, bounty hunters and beast slayers. They have a secret, and their secret is <laughs> that they're werewolves. I knew that. I didn't know that. And so they're they're brothers. They grew up together. They fight in this guild together. And uh, yeah, sure, you can drive a car, or you can hit a golf ball, or be a doctor. But I'll, oh, frick, I forgot about melee. Um, so maybe yeah, maybe they could, maybe they could kind of fight too. I don't know, but uh, yeah, these guys know how to scrap too. Mm. And I, I'm the one picking these champions. That's that's your role here. Is you that's you hear role. both of our champions, mm. both of our cases, and then you pick the better champion. Hey, no hard feelings either way. Says your best man. <laughs> As iconic Mario and Luigi are, I uh, gotta give it to Skyrim. This is, this is the dumbest. Only because. Yeah. Yeah. Everything in Skyrim is just better than Nintendo. Oh yeah, that's right, boy. Spicy take. Yeah. Spicy. The take. Wii fans are coming at I'm you. Feeling... They're gonna that's come okay. at you in the comments. They can throw their Joy-Con at me or whatever. So our first Wolfpack champions, Farkas and Vilkas of the Companions. I'm feeling a lot less uh, certain on my Valkyries uh, contender. Good. Tell us who it is, though. All right. So my pick for the Valkyries championship. My contender, Wonder Woman. Boom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Needs no introduction. All right. Well, my pick for the first ever Valkyrie champion is none other than everybody's favorite. Don't you freaking do it. <laughs> do, it do it for <laughs> me. <You're> gonna... <laughs> it's Lola Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one? Are we going with the new one? No, no, no. No, classic Space Jam. Classic Space one. Jam. Classic Space Womanly, Jam. Womanly, full-figured, in her glory, Lola Bunny. She is an athlete. She is... She is an athlete. <laughs> she is a bunny. Someone get this man a cold shower. <laughs> oh, so that is... That is my contender. Lola Bunny. Okay, so my options are Lola Bunny or Wonder Woman? Yeah. Yeah. A basketball-playing mm-hmm. bunny... Got hops, or the most wondrous woman, Wonder Woman. I mean, but also to be to, to play devil's advocate for myself here, or against myself, 
Well, Labani did kind of save the world. Yeah. Or two worlds? Uh, yeah. In that game? You could argue that Wonder Woman did too. Side note, new Lola Bunny. I'm not writing her off on the looks department right away. She just looks more realistic. Right? Yeah, sure. Everyone, everyone's upset that she's not the hot bunny anymore, but it has been 25 mm-hmm. years. Is it the same Lola Bunny? I guess I guess it would be. In, in my head, man. <laughs> I mean, every Santa Claus is the same one. <laughs> and they're all terrible. Yeah. All right, so between Wonder Woman and Lola Bunny. Yeah, that's uh, not... A hard decision. I'm gonna have to go with Lola Bunny as. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it was Chris that said it in a previous podcast, but somebody else has mentioned it, and they, they put it really well into words. It's just a part of my sexual awakening. <laughs> yes, uh, Lola Bunny. <laughs> Got to give it to her. Oh, Sam heard that episode, <laughs> 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 and she wasn't. She was not proud of me in, in that moment. A couple of furries. All right, <laughs> moving on. Congratulations, Lola Bunny. You are our inaugural Valkyries champion. We're going to take things over to not the world title, not the top title. Do you think this is like too weird? <laughs> like, do you think this is pretty weird? I love it. I love it. Okay, though. okay. Hey, we're talking about pro wrestling. That's true. We got Undead Wizards. It's all on we the got table. Demons from the Underworld. Yeah. Our next title is the Outlaw Championship. This is the title that takes place, like, for the U.S. title the Intercontinental title in WWE or the TNT title in AEW. Um, So this is our Outlaw Championship. Chris, who's your pick? Who's your contender? Ah, yes. My contender for the Outlaw Champion, the secondary champion. This is, uh, if you're not familiar with the the structure of a professional wrestling company, this person um, might be on their way to a world championship opportunity they might be an up-and-comer or somebody who's been doing a lot of work in the franchise who has not been recognized yet and my pick is has been a journalist for many years wandering our great land asking important questions and his name is Zaborat and he's my outlaw champion (laughs) when we (laughs) when we did um the the cabinet they were my wife (laughs) When we did the presidential cabinet, they were so reasoned <laughs> and thought out. It's all gone here. <laughs> why'd, you pick, why'd you pick Borat? It was my first pick. <laughs> I just knew in my heart. Oh, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my. Top gosh. that, bud. <laughs> um. Well, that's a fantastic pick, but I'm pretty sure my guy could mop the floor uh, with yours. And... Uh, from the humblest of beginnings, a peasant, later brought up to knighthood, I have none other than the great Sir Auric von Lichtenstein from uh, the movie, and I just said it to you earlier, but I forgot it already. I'm not telling you. Oh, man. A Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger, All right. the, the main character. And so he goes from basically being a sire to a knight who would compete in the competitions to taking his place and winning all of the championships from uh, the greater European area. That's my pick, sir. Orc von Lichtenstein. Yeah. So, somebody no one's ever heard of, or the beloved foreign journalist. Wait, Jake, do you not know about A Knight's Tale? I know about it. I don't think oh I've ever God. seen it. You're good at but this. No, I did know that <laughs> Heath Ledger was in it. Have you ever heard of Borat, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard of I've Okay, heard just making sure. Yeah. Hey, just so you know, Sir Ark von Lichtenstein excelled in the sword competition. He got the first place so often that he stopped doing it because it wasn't a challenge anymore. Well, just so you know. 
And he's the jousting mm-hmm. champion. I have heard the name Von Lichtenstein. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I think I'm going to have to go with my champ. <laughs> you son of a gun. I, I was still kind of worried he was going to go with yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. I'm two for three. Two for three over here. You know, it's the, the mid-card champion kind of does get some weirdos in there occasionally we're just starting ourselves off on the right foot with uh borat <laughs> becoming our outlaw champion great F- fantastic great news great success <laughs> very nice and that brings us to the main event of the evening this is for the diablo championship i present to you for your consideration my contender the one the only Chris Pratt. Ooh, Ooh. solid pick. Solid pick. Well, my pick is the champion that you all wanted and you got this time. And his name is John Cena. Just kidding. That'd be a great pick, though. It's a nice little uh, homage. Yeah. But uh, the the John Cena of of professional football, I'm choosing Tom Brady as my Diablo champion. I want to actually see this fight happen. I want to see Tom Brady match. versus Chris Pratt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How do we book that? We're doing ladder match. We're doing a steel cage. I want to see it all. Wow. Yeah, for a sure. series. I want to see a, a football comic book match. Uh, before before you give your uh, pick, just for just to see if anyone else here has seen it. Did you guys see Tom Brady throw his Super Bowl trophy from one boat to another? <laughs> yeah. Celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Man, some people are just so rich. He's like, I have enough of these. <laughs> Who cares if it falls to the bottom of the lake? It means nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> He's got seven now, right? Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jeez. I think you've uh, made a great argument. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> so, Chris Pratt, Star-Lord. Don't mm. run him off quite yet. Ah, Parks well, and Rec. you didn't pick Star-Lord, Parks, did you? Parks and Rec, right? Mm. You didn't mm-hmm. pick Andy Dwyer, either. You also, picked I think that Chris Pratt. I'm pretty sure Chris Pratt is stronger than Tom Brady. Okay. Like as a person? I've never seen Chris Pratt in a fight, but I've seen Tom Brady get sacked. Those are show muscles, buddy. He didn't get sacked because he couldn't fight. He got sacked and then he like couldn't come back to the game. Yeah, he's really bad at football. You're making great <laughs> sense. <laughs> hey, if this, hey, if this was a ball throwing competition, yeah, he'd win. <laughs> but I'm excited to hear what our guest has right. to say for our mm, first right. ever inaugural Welcome back, Championship Wrestling Diablo Champion. Well, for the Diablo, man, that's a big title. You got to have somebody who can carry the title. You know, they got to be able to sell tickets. They got to be able to present themselves and show themselves yeah, up. Yeah, like and box be office, the showman draws. That Chris Pratt, we yeah. know can yeah, be. Yeah, good. Yeah, instead good. of just throwing a ball around all day. Yeah. All right. Oh man, this feels good. It pained me to to even bring him up just because. You know, like, I don't know. It feels like, like Steelers fans just have to hate Tom Brady. Oh, know? that's 100% uh, a thing. It's like, as soon as you said Tom Brady, I'm like, mm. I know. I know. I picked the champ before we, we decided who would be deciding. So, <laughs> all right. That's probably for the best, though. You know, Tom Brady, now that he's not on the Patriots and he went to the Buccaneers and got himself another championship, I don't dislike the guy. Yeah. But, no, I, I kind of feel that way. Yeah, I, feel I feel like, like I have to. But, you know, yeah. I feel like everyone's collective anger has, like, lowered. Like, oh, yeah. shoot, like, it's not the team. He's really good. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's the paying off the refs and deflating the balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't hurt. 
<laughs> All right. So just to recap our first ever and last ever event for Welcome Back Championship Wrestling, we have uh, Farkas and Vilkas of the Companions taking the Wolfpack Championship. What? We have... Huh? What? <laughs> Are you trying to interrupt me? It doesn't matter if you're trying to interrupt me. <laughs> um, the Valkyries champion, Lola Bunny, uh, our inaugural outlaw champion, Borat, and of course, <laughs> the grand champion himself, the Diablo champion, Chris Pratt. Wow. Jake, thank you so much for being a part of this. We're uh, so happy to have you, not only as yeah. uh a listener, but now a part of this uh, experiment we got going on right now. Jake lives in the Welcome Back universe, and I couldn't be happier to have him. It's the best. I'd rather be nowhere else. Well, you'd rather right. be nowhere than here? I mean, it's in the happen. Welcome Back universe and podcasts. Like, that's rather, my time on Spotify. You'd rather not exist. If life without Welcome Back is, that's just a bad life. You could be talking about nowhere from the MCU. Okay, there you go. Like you'd rather be there. You'd rather be there. I mean, who wouldn't rather be there than be on a podcast? Um, all right. Well, hey, uh, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for being a part of this, Jake. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me. Good, good, good times all around. I can't wait to hear this in a month. <laughs> oh, 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 ouch. Ugh. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> and we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You got bored of the, uh, the regular, the things pretty quickly huh we should talk about this remember huh. the last episode where like you know i said you gotta say welcome back and then you just didn't and then i said well you gotta say welcome back and you didn't again it's fine and i get it but then i realized and then i was just working with it just yeah playing. no you were and th- and then we ended the first segment and i was like we'll be right back and you said red and kitty forever and i was like man when i was editing and heard it all at once i was like wow he's just bored of our formula already no i love the formula but if sometimes it fits nice okay. to have a fade out yeah. red and kitty forever it's who you are, yeah. I get yeah. it. It's all right. It's just an observation about you, you know. Is it a good observation? Bad observation? Which is an yeah, observation? Yeah, yeah, no. It's an observation. Oh, okay. So we're back. Welcome back. <laughs> 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 all right. So, um, as you can tell, we just had a lot of fun with Jake there, just uh, making up stuff. And if you didn't know, <laughs> that's what professional wrestling is in general. <laughs> so true. A lot of people like like say, you know, you know, it's fake, right? Mm-hmm. Has has that sat well with you when people say that to you? No, I always tell them we don't use the f word here. <laughs> when I say that. Like, I'm gonna start saying that. <laughs> it's like a bit. Like I, I mean, obviously, like I know it's predetermined, but I do like to make sure people realize. But then when I push back a little bit, they're like, "Wait, does he not know?" And so yeah. I, you know, it's a whole thing. But I used to. Um, because when I would work at the pub, um, the waitresses and the customers who know me would be like, oh, see you next weekend. I'd be like, no, I'm actually going out of, out of town to watch some wrestling. And they'd be like, yeah. wrestling? Is that fake stuff? I'd be like, sir, what's yeah. your favorite TV show? Yeah, and like, yeah. And like back then, it's like Game of Thrones. I'd be like, you know, they don't actually have dragons. Right. I hate to break it to you, bud. None of them are going to be the king because they are all <laughs> actors performing. It's fake. Yeah. 
And so um, that's that's what wrestling is. It's a performance. It's an acrobat. Yeah. I like to think of it as like like uh, Cirque Soleil a little bit mm-hmm. yeah. with um, amateur grappling without trying to win. You know, yeah. they, they're not trying to win their match. The winner's already determined, but they're trying to they're trying to put on a good show for the audience. They're trying to do one thing: tell a story. Tell a story. That's what it all boils down to. Every show you like, every book you've ever read, every video game you you doted over, it's all about great stories, and that's what wrestling is too. Yeah. And so, uh, as we talk about our love of wrestling, I think it'd be fun to share some of our favorite things. I yeah. let's talk about our uh, our favorite wrestlers. Who's some of your favorite wrestlers? Well, I come down to one man, and uh, the the wrestler that got me hooked. Should we tell that story? That's not in our notes to tell the story of how I started watching wrestling. Well, I guess. it kind of gets worked in later, but if you, we can. Okay. Hey, we could free flow it. That's free th- flow. Hey, it's our so, show. We don't got a producer we- screaming in our ears. <laughs> That's so true. So we were in uh, our apartment at our college, which, which we've talked about many times, that we lived in an apartment together in college. And uh, Mario would be watching wrestling. And the first few times, I was like just around, you know, making tea or. Uh, you know, doing homework in the living room and it was on and it was fine. And then it started to be like, you know, I was doing homework and I'm like, all right, we'll put on wrestling, would you? And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so eventually there was one wrestler that got me interested. And uh, I think I've talked as well about my background in theater and arts and music. And like, I'm like, you know, one of those kids. And so the guy that got me into wrestling, his name was Stardust. And the character Stardust, um, it, so it, it's hard to explain. I don't know. He's he's a, part alien, I guess. He's an interdimensional he being. Yeah. In yeah, a latex yeah. suit. <laughs> <laughs> With a star like, painted on his face. Exactly what you're picturing. That's it. <laughs> if you know anything about wrestling. Um and, and for some reason, it was his commitment to the character, and they told some good stories with him at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. He was in a tag team when I first started watching. And it was really his commitment to a character that I was like, oh, oh, that's how I, like, started watching wrestling. I was like, oh, I get it. It's just like all the other TV I watch. I don't think it's in either of our lists, but uh, Stardust versus John Cena in the U.S. Open, mm. there's some quality wrestling Solid. and a great match. Absolutely. Um, and if you are wondering, like, how does a Stardust character exist? Uh, if you happen to also be a cursory wrestling fan, um, uh-huh. Goldust is his yes. brother, and that's kind of where they drew inspiration from. But let him go a little bit wild on it. You may have actually even seen Stardust if you're a fan of Arrow. He was on as yeah, a, su- a supervillain and on the TV show yeah. uh, Arrow. But the man behind the paint. That's right. I should transition to the man named Cody Rhodes. So. Even if, again, cursory understanding of wrestling, you might know the name Dusty Rhodes because he's a classic, you know, legend mm-hmm. wrestler. And so he, his two sons wrestle, um, one being Goldust and one that was Stardust is now Cody Rhodes. And uh, so he had a, the dashing Cody Rhodes, you know, he had a great uh, beginning of his career in WWE where he got some titles and some momentum, mm-hmm. a great tag team run as Stardust. And then he quit. He could never get that momentum he needed for a world title shot but he is always over whatever they gave him whatever gimmick he put himself into it fully a lot of people would have drowned in the stardust gimmick but he flourished in it and he had one goal in his life 
and that was to win a world title before his father passed away. And then, sadly, his father did pass away. And he said it felt like, even though he was truly, truly grieved um, that his father passed away, his professional goal of being a champion before his father passed, the weight of that just fell off of him. It was like... Mm. It's like, I don't have to stick around in WWE anymore. There's no way I can do this goal because now my, my father's passed away. I, I sh- I'm, I'm going somewhere else. And he, he requested his, his release. They wouldn't give it to him. And then he waited out his contract. And then he went off and became actually two world champions. Uh, he, he became uh, the Ring of Honor champion. Uh, it's kind of, it's considered a, their heavyweight division in New Japan Pro Wrestling is considered like world title-esque, so it's like the 1C title, the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, and he's also been, which is insane, the same title that his father had held decades prior, he had uh, achieved that goal of being the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. So he was the first, not the first, many people have done this, but he was one of the first most notable people to step out of WWE and say, I don't need all of the money and fame that you're offering me to stay here. So I'm going to do, do my own thing. So he went and wrestled in bingo halls and ice rinks. I got a chance to see him in a couple of those things in school gymnasiums. <laughs> and then he started his own company, uh, which is all elite wrestling, which they've been around for uh, a year. So him and some other wrestlers that have been, you know, looking for an opportunity to shine, um, started all elite wrestling and that's where they are now. And I took a really long time to tell you about Cody Rhodes, but yeah, I, I, def- I definitely, uh, should have just left that all to you instead of throwing those stories in. If we, if we go in that no, depth on every character, we're going to yes. be here all night. But yeah. Cody does deserve it, especially the the past few years he's had. Yeah. So maybe you pick one, too, that you're, like, number one favorite. You can kind of tell their whole story as well. Oh, um, it's hard to pick the one, though. <laughs> I love all these guys, but I guess I've picked a lot of new newer names and then some throwbacks from when I first started watching wrestling. But the character and the man, Kenny Omega, is my current favorite wrestler um he's a guy who he wrestled the indies he even wrestled for wwe for a very brief stint didn't do much there uh but his work going to new japan pro wrestling starting off um junior heavyweights division uh a little bit of tag team work here joining the bullet club as the cleaner taking over the bullet club his uh insane matches with kazusha okada his his overarching storyline with uh, Kota Ibushi. Um, wrestling's kind of known as like hick soap operas at times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kenny Omega, he's a guy who opens a lot of doors for a lot of different people. He brings that philosophy to his company as well, having uh, a transgender woman be uh, their second women's champion. Um, he himself has never. Uh, said outright what his sexuality is, but it's been heavily implied that him and Kota Ibushi have had a, a romantic relationship at some point, whether or not I'm being worked or not, who knows. But um, even if it's not true, he's someone who wouldn't care about that. He's someone who's, who brings professionalism, professionalism into all parts of his life and uh, is opening and is making a company that's just as open, along with Cody Rhodes. They're the co uh executive vice presidents of all elite wrestling along with uh, the young bucks. So that's, that's someone who I care about a lot. And I think is a great performer. And and even like whether he's a good guy or a bad guy, he does insane work in the ring. 
And so I'm hoping that our conversation can include the non-wrestling fan. So, so I should clarify. You just you might be listening and saying, "Wait, there are other wrestling companies besides the WWE?" And our answer is sort of. Yes. Definitely yes, but like also barely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, WWE is the premier wrestling company. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, a huge one in Japan called New Japan Pro Wrestling. All Elite Wrestling is new and is a competitor to WWE, I would say. And there's a couple others um, that kind of rival it. But so that we can because we just named our two favorite wrestlers that most people have never heard of. So, let's go back in time maybe to uh, the nostalgia of when we were kids, you know, like our favorite wrestlers from those time periods. Because I saw you mm-hmm. had some written down that people would know. So like old WWE folks, who yeah. were your favorites? Oh, I love Jeff Hardy. Um, when I yeah. came into pro wrestling, I was around the John Cena Thugonomics era. So like yeah. we've already passed the ruthless ag- aggression uh, part of pro wrestling, and I didn't really watch anything prior to that either. So I so though I found a love for. Um, the Ultimate Warrior, the mm-hmm. uh, the Road Warriors, um, Hulk Hogan's early stuff. Randy Savage. It's none of that stuff that I've actually seen live. But when I started watching wrestling, uh, there was the Hardy Boys and Jeff Hardy emerging as a singles competitor with the Intercontinental Championship and even picking up the WWE title at one point. Yeah, I would say um, I was definitely aware of the Hardy Brothers um, when I was watching the as Hardy a kid, Boys. I didn't watch for- the Hardy Boys, yeah, you're so right. get it you're right. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that is an explanation. Um, I watched a little bit as a kid. My dad watched, you know, so I was kind of in the room. Um, I think my favorite at the time was um, I don't know. I, when I look back, I want to say it was Steve Austin, but it seems like it was like how could I have understood <laughs> how influential and awesome Steve Austin was at the time? Yeah, I don't know if I could have appreciated it, but I can tell you that my dad resonated with, you know the hardworking man who got no respect from his boss, you know, that Steve Austin was. So, yeah, uh, that's a, a legendary, you know, favorite for a lot of people. Yeah. I, uh, was a huge fan. still am a, a big fan of tag team wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why I love all elite wrestling so much is their emphasis on tag teams. Same with new Japan pro wrestling. Um, they have what three tag titles in new Japan, but my start for tag teams is, Paul London and Brian Kendrick, two guys who mm-hmm. had a lot of energy. They would start off their uh, entrance to the ring with their like hyped up music, and then they just they sprinted to the ring, like mm-hmm. from from like gorilla position, which means behind the stage. They would just bolt straight out down the ramp into the ring, and then like slide into the ring. They'd get up on yeah. their ring post and then do backflips off it, and I'm like, whoa! <laughs> and this is back when like if you wanted to be a good wrestler. Someone who had titles, someone who was like loved by Vince. You were big guys. It wasn't really a time yeah. for for little guys. I think this is before yeah. even Rey Mysterio got that world title push. That's a good transition, Rey Mysterio, because I am a huge fan of what Rey Mysterio does. So uh, his style of wrestling would be called lucha libre, which is a Mexican style of wrestling. Um, and Rey Mysterio was, you know, one of the pioneers, one of the most famous luchadors out there um, as a heavyweight champion for wwe you know there was a a promotion a a different wrestling company called lucha underground and when we're talking about like what are what were our favorite wrestlers i I, nobody like there's just a couple that kind of stand out in lucha underground but really i just wanted to mention lucha underground as a promotion and lucha libre is my favorite style of wrestling lots of 
flips. And if you've seen Rey Mysterio, you know, wrestle, you kind of have an idea of what makes his wrestling different than somebody who's just punching or just, you know, grappling and submitting. So I'm a big Lucha guy. I love Kane. Kane was yeah. like this, like larger than life, literally like giant guy who's like <laughs> burned as a child or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sometimes when you say things out loud, it sounds weird, but it's great when you see it. Um, uh, I love the story of Drew McIntyre, uh, someone who is like currently in the you know upper echelon of WWE's roster. Like he's always he was the world champion for the better part of a year uh, during this whole COVID era, but he's also someone who used to wrestle in WWE, was considered like Vince McMahon's yeah. chosen one, and then just like fell out of his good graces, got released, went off to the Indies, built himself up a new character, a new body even, and then mm, came back yeah. looking like a million bucks. It's so funny you say Drew McIntyre, and you talk about his like revolution, and he's got like a beard, and he's like this like you know, quintessential manly man. Mm -hmm. I am often drawn to a totally different type of character. Um, Stardust being the first one that was like, Oh, I get this. This is, this is Broadway. (laughs) So like, um, his brother, you know, Goldust was famous for wearing a wig and like kissing dudes in the ring, which was like bananas at the time. Um, and so I'm often drawn to those like androgynous characters that are like, uh, one in Ring of Honor's name's Dalton Castle. He like wears peacock feathers and like du- you know another spandex guy. Um, Velveteen Dream, who is a character surrounded by some controversy. Uh, many wrestlers have been, but that's not he, why you're a fan of him, though. That's correct. This, I, is, he a, just, this is a crappy thing right now. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, it, it happens, and you know it's whatever. But uh, his character was like so alluring to me. Um, and I don't know why it's just so weird. I, I guess that's what it is. It's like, I, I love when you can get a character like that over. It seems like you had to do really hard work in the writing, in the performance and in the ring to really get a character like that to be beloved. We should have done a vocabulary segment as well. Yeah. I talked about getting a character over and you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some, there's some, uh, there might be some disconnect to some of our listeners, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> if they, if they didn't pick it up, it just means like to make people like it put yeah. over to get o- go over and uh the last guy i want to talk about is kazusha okada uh kazuchika okada I'm, i think i'm saying it right but he mm-hmm. is um a fantastic wrestler he's been carrying new japan pro wrestling for a while he's out of the world title picture now but with the introduction of the iwgp world heavyweight title um he now has a new goal to go after but he put on some amazing matches his matches with kenny omega Mm. surrounding that uh, heavyweight championship is what branched me out of WWE into other wrestling existing. Because when we were in college and we were watching wrestling, we were watching WWE. We were talking about WWE. That's pretty much what we were doing. And then I heard about this. Someone broke Dave Meltzer. He's a a, a wrestling journalist who rates matches on a star scale of 0 to 5. And then for the first time ever a wrestling match was so good that it had to be rated higher than five. And so I look it up and it's Kenny Omega versus Kazushika Okada. And then I watch it. It's fantastic. And then they have another match and it's Okada Omega again. And it's better than the last match. And this guy who's been a wrestling journalist for 20 plus years is like, I 
their match was so amazing, I couldn't have given it a five. And now they did something even better, so I got to rate it even higher than the last match. So that's I think it went from like five point five to six, and I think their final match was a seven star. I think he's like it does. I think he was like I've I've curated this rating system for so long, and it's just like I don't even know what to do anymore. So seven stars, yeah. So (laughs) some of the some of the best wrestling I've seen um, and best competitors I've seen. Sometimes I wonder, was it Kenny or was it Okada that really made the match shine? But I think that you couldn't get those matches if you subbed one of them for anyone else. Yeah. Um, which I think kind of should lead us into some of our favorite matches and moments in, uh, in pro wrestling. Yeah. Cause it's all about story and, and not just like a feud over a year, two characters going at it for many reasons, but also like one match when you can tell a good story in a match, like mm-hmm. that's a game changer. That's what it's all about, you know, telling a story in the ring. Um, the first one that I remember um, being like one of my favorite matches was in TLC, which is Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, which was a pay-per-view in 2014 in December. is the end of the year. And it was um, the Intercontinental Championship match, and it was a ladder match. So if you're not familiar, they raise the belt above the ring, and the first person to grab it, you know, climb up a ladder and grab the title wins. And... Um, you know, typically they they struggle really hard getting up the ladder, and everyone's like, "What are you doing? Just run up the ladder." You know, that's like one of the the bald spots of uh, sports entertainment. Yeah, it's one of those <laughs> but, one of those um, things you just kind of got to let slide. Yeah, yeah, suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Um, so in the TLC 2014, it was Dolph Ziggler versus Luke Harper, and um, man, I, it's even hard to just describe. But but it was it was a good story, and that's why I keep saying that is because it's the only way I can describe. Um, and it was one of the matches that I was like, wow, this, I get it again. It was a, a moment where I was like, I get why people love this. I get why, you know, cause it's all about stories. And, uh, there was, you know, it had everything you want, had a little bit of blood in it. It had, oh, I thought this guy was going to win. I thought this guy was going to win. You know, uh, it was just an incredible match. Uh, when I think about matches, I usually think about like what's great matches recently. I don't necessarily like, yeah, I thought the same thing. I don't have like great matches from the last what 20 years ish that I've been watching wrestling that like really stand out for just for their wrestling. But it's, it's like those story moments, those, those iconic uh, match moments that really stick out to me a lot. Um, yeah. And th- I mean, you, I'm reading over your list of wrestling matches and there's some fantastic wrestling there. Uh, what sticks out to me though, are like moments in time, like, ECW's one night stand. ECW was bought by WWE uh, during the you know the war with WCW, and they shut it down at a certain point because it wasn't very profitable. And then at another point later, they realized, oh, we can lift up this dead property and make a few bucks. So they do one pay per view a year called One Night Stand, and it's at that second one that was so important because they were bringing it back as their third brand, and mm-hmm. so. We had the buildup, we've had some run-ins on shows, which means that, like, during a match, someone from ECW would show up and just ruin the match on Raw or SmackDown. And yeah. uh, this led to the need for ECW to rise from the dead, to come back, and we're going to start it with ECW's one-night stand. And what's going to happen is you're going to have WWE guys versus classic ECW guys and we're just going to see who's the better. And not only that, we need a world champion in ECW. 
So at the time, Rey Mysterio was the world heavyweight champion for SmackDown. And he was going to have to put his title on the line against Sabu, who's this maniac wrestler. Uh, <laughs> they call him the genocidal, suicidal, homicidal, you know, dangerous wrestler. Jeez. I don't know. I don't know the exact yeah. wording for, for Sabu. And not only that, but uh, RVD, who's a wrestler who started in ECW. Uh, he probably did a lot of wrestling stuff, too. But has worked his way to WWE, was the Money in the Bank contract holder. Uh, which means that he had a briefcase that at any time, at any point in the day, when he feels like it and catering or the ring, he can take it to a referee and then give him a match right then, right, right there. And usually guys do that at inopportune times for the champions. Champions like hurt and they come in and they just steal the title, essentially. But um, RVD said, hey, at ECW One Night Stand, John Cena, I'm going to take your belt away from you, which is insane at the time because John Cena is so over. So... I'm, I'm telling you all this because the matches, they were good. There's memorable moments to the matches, but the story, the competition, the worry that like your favorite title from your favorite show might end up on this new brand owned by ECW. It, it had like in my like, kid brain, it really had me like, like yeah. I wanted to see what happened. Like, will the big gold belt, which started in the NWA, worked this way to WCW and then o- over to, uh, WWE, is it going to be now the world title at ECW, or or is John Cena going to be defeated by RVD and and someone who's using the contract in a way that normally isn't used? And yeah, it it created great moments. Um, there's a sign in the ring, a fan had from the upper deck that said, "If Cena wins, we riot," and it felt like they actually <laughs> would because it brought out yeah. all the old fans. This this insane energy. Uh, Randy Orton had a match earlier in the night, and a fan like. Basically, like, punched him in the face with a middle finger. Like, he pretty much just, like, rubbed his middle finger in his face like that and, and, like, shoved him. And, like, people filled that arena for ECW. There wasn't a WWE fan in the building. And Rey Mysterio retained. Great match. Rey Mysterio is a ECW original as well. So the fans Mm -hmm. loved him still. It was a great moment. Shook hands, whatever. It was a good time. John Cena... The post for WWE lost his title to RVD, and RVD uh, became the WWE champion. And then the next night, or two nights later, at the inaugural episode of WWE's ECW, RVD was gifted the ECW championship, and he was simultaneously the ECW champion and the WWE champion until uh, he dropped the belts and smoked weed and got released. <laughs> <laughs> Stories. It's all about it's all stories. About the stories. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of like moments as well, and um, there was one particular um, back and forth. It was Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, mm-hmm. and uh, this is relatively recently, you know, two, three years ago maybe. Um, and they started out as a tag team, a very successful tag team, and uh, and these are maybe people you've never heard of because they are now wrestling for NXT, which is WWE's developmental brand, and. Um, so he started out as a tag team that was very successful. And then one day they lost, and Tommaso Ciampa turned on his longtime friend. Beat the and crap was, out of him. Holy. It was just such a moment. And, uh, you know, you like you sit and you watch these folks wrestle and be friends for so long and, like, comfort each other in their losses, and, mm-hmm. then, and then somebody turns, and it's like, man. And so they went back and forth. I think they had three matches, uh, and they were all superb matches. But for me, it, the creation of Tommaso Ciampa as – 
what I called at the time and still call the best heel in the company. Um, heel being a bad guy, face being a good guy, no more vocabulary. Um, the best heel in the company. He didn't even yeah. have music. You know, like how quintessentially every wrestler comes out to their own music. He would literally step onto the ramp and fill any crowd with booze. And it was just yeah. booze and booze and booze. And so um, he didn't even need music. It was incredible. When he got, when he got music, I was upset. Is is the first time I've ever seen anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And it was just so legendary. His his work as a bad guy. Him getting music, it, it seems like it was a heel move. Like the crowd loved it so much, <laughs> I took it away from. Like him. Like such a, a a nice, great thing that the fans loved that he got music. Yeah. I think as a heel move. Like you don't get to yeah. boo me to nothing. I can have music. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was incredible. Just to like rapid fire a couple other things off, uh, Zack Ryder. I, this happened at Chris's house at WrestleMania. He became the yeah. Intercontinental Champion, and I just loved it so much because he's finally like got his due. He lost the title the next day, but it doesn't matter because it's a moment in time. <laughs> um, Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair at Mania. I went, I went back, I rewatched the match. Not that good of a match, honestly, but it's mm. the storytelling of Shawn Michaels grappling with the fact that he's going to end Ric Flair's in ring career, and he did. Um, yeah, uh, Daniel Bryan uh, went away for a couple years because of an injury. Uh, it seemed like he would never wrestle ever again. And I'm going to bring this up again for someone else. Uh, but Daniel Bryan's well, he he couldn't wrestle anymore. He retired. He went to like uh, he was the GM, the the general manager of SmackDown for a little bit. But then he did like cryo, like ice yeah, therapy. Yeah. And like he did all this like experimental stuff to help with concussions. He got cleared. And not only did he come back to to wrestling, he had a fantastic performance not super long after his return in Saudi Arabia during the Greatest Royal Rumble, where he entered in like one or two or something, and he wrestled in that ring for an hour and a half. His chest was like beat red, yeah. welts, bruised, like it was like a it was like a true like showing like, hey, I'm not fragile. I'm back. I'm good to go. And it was just such a, a great the the match was okay, but the mo that's a lot of it for me. Matches are okay, moments are so much better. Sure, sure. And I believe at that same Royal Rumble, a man named Titus O'Neil <laughs> ran down to the ring and is entering the Royal Rumble <laughs> and trips and slides underneath the ring. Yeah. <laughs> and it was amazing. And it was immortalized. Yeah. Um I got Two more moments that I wanted to talk about. One, um, Orange Cassidy, who's a big wrestler now, but I saw him in a dingy rec center in uh, Old Forge, Pennsylvania, and it was before he was a big deal, and he took tacks. So, like, he got, you know, a move. He got thrown onto a pile of, like, thumbtacks, and uh, it was the first time I'd ever seen tacks used, and it was incredible. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget the ref's face when he looked up from, <laughs> from the moment. It was super great. Um, one of my favorite matches that's more recent uh, was it was um, Cody Rhodes, my favorite. He was the TNT champion at the time at AEW, and he was doing an open challenge. So basically, he would come to the ring and say, all right, who's next? Who am I going to fight today? And every week, we'd have a new competitor, and they were welcoming a lot of folks into the company that way um, or giving them an audition sort of, you know? Uh, yeah, War Horse, he showed up for a match, and it was, yeah. it was all right, but then... Uh, He'd kind of disappeared afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. I think Ricky Starks answered that and he's still, he's signed to that company now. Um, but the one that I, that I was my favorite ever was Eddie Kingston. And so Eddie Kingston, 
shows up I, and and maybe I need to tell the full story. I had seen Eddie Kingston in that same dingy rec hall. Um, when I say dingy rec hall, I say that because literally there was a flea market on one side <laughs> and tarps from floor to ceiling and wrestling on the other side. It was incredible. Um, so Eddie Kingston was there and my impression of Eddie Kingston, he came up to the, he didn't even wrestle, but he got the mic and he just yapped. And it sounded to me like he got fired from a mid-level company and he was like, couldn't hang in the big leagues. So he was just like, butthurt about that. So I hated Eddie Kingston for that reason. And then he put on one of my favorite matches ever with Cody Rhodes. And uh, now he's a huge favorite of mine, but there were attacks in that match as well. So a little blood, uh, a lot of great action. So that's one to look up. Back in 2011, there's a wrestler named Edge. He was the world heavyweight champion at the time, and he got injured. He hurt his neck. It's a severe injury. If he takes a bump... And those types of injuries take people out forever. If he took another bump, essentially, which means, like, fall down, you know, you're in a match, someone doesn't move on you, you just have to make it look real, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. I'm explaining for the listeners at home. Um, Edge... Had a serious neck injury. He was the world champion in 2011. They stripped the belt from him. He basically went out to the ring and he said, Hey, this is bad. I'm never going to be able to wrestle ever again. Good luck to whoever's next. And he left the title behind. And not only that, the very next WrestleMania at the Hall of Fame, he got inducted into the Hall of Fame right then and there after his injury. And you don't really see that anymore because of these more recent stories of guys getting hurt with, with career-ending injuries and coming back. Now, this here's the craziest part. The year is 2020. And mm-hmm. Edge, after leaving WWE because of the serious injury, going off to Hollywood, he's had a, a recurring role in Vikings, right? Yeah. He's already been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, he returns. And not just showing up for an interview or something. He shows up at the Royal Rumble as a surprise entrant. Looking amazing. Crazy. The crowd... This is back before crowds couldn't be there. It was either 2018 yeah. or it was either 2019 or 2020. I'm not sure. It was 2020, yeah. Yeah, right before the pandemic hit, essentially. And the crowd goes nuts. The crowd goes wild. He comes down to the ring, puts on a great performance. People are like, is he really back? Clearly he can take a bump without dying. What's going on? <laughs> it turns out, in secret... The guy who gave him neck surgery found out that now there's like it's been like ten years, so we have even we have better techniques. He went back in secretly for another neck surgery, went through recovery, went through rehab, got all cleaned up, he got all fixed up, he got strong, he did some uh, uh, work to make sure he's like so good at wrestling and knows how to do wrestling stuff, and he came <laughs> back and he's now going to headline WrestleMania for the Universal Championship. Now this it's I'm crazy. not I haven't said a single match this this uh, time with the exception of of course of the of the rumbles but I'm not talking about the matches it's those moments yeah and it's when and the best part of wrestling is when real life crosses over this is a guy who legitimately was hurt who's passionate sure. in life he's he was a young guy he was the world champion it's a crowning achievement cut short by injury just to come back ten years later it's it's one of the best things outside of wrestling that makes me love wrestling 
So I sort of remember Edge from the past. Like, I definitely have felt the full experience of him coming back. And, you know, that's definitely been a huge moment. Um, but like I said, I only had a cursory, like, experience with wrestling as a kid. There are a couple things that I remember distinctly. One, I did not really know the difference between Steve Austin and Goldberg. Both just bald white dudes that looked pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, one of them wore jean shorts. <laughs> uh, one of them was more muscle, muscly than the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember not liking Chris Jericho, but it was unfortunate because he had the same name as me, which was a big deal to me for some reason. I wanted to like the guy that had the same name with me, um, but I didn't. It's funny that now we both acknowledge him as the greatest pro wrestler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a big way. He, Yeah. Um, and one of the, the, the only things that I remember so clearly about watching wrestling as a kid was a time where Kane, if I'm remembering it correctly... Pour gasoline and lit on fire his manager, Jim Ross. <laughs> and as a kid, you know, the, the fakeness has not quite made total sense to me yet. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, should we call the police? Like, he just did this on television. Is that guy so, dead? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sam, my wife, told me that when she, like, her brothers watched it growing up, and she said she thought that the tombstone pile driver killed people. She thought. <laughs> Rest in peace because you are dead. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. And like wrestling gives those insane moments, the the funny stories, the feel good moments, the triumphs. But what's what's the best part about being a fan of pro wrestling is getting to share the experiences and the hobbies with the people around you. So yeah. I growing up, Steve got me really into pro wrestling, but then I got other people into pro wrestling. It's kind of like what I did in college too. You, you, someone starts and then it gets other people yep. in next thing you know you're on podcast but um <laughs> growing up uh steve would enter uh invite us over to his house for like wrestlemanias and stuff and yeah. they were good times and so we'd go hours early his mom would cook dinner for us and we would just like play outside this is back before cell phones wow. were like smartphones i guess i don't even know if i had a cell phone outside. back then no, definitely not. I didn't get a cell phone until so. eighth grade, maybe. I don't know. I might have had a phone, but it was like a Motorola flip phone. Either way, yeah. Be, be, uh, besides the point, we would would play outside and we'd like fake wrestle with each other. And and you know, Steve had a uh, a replica uh, undisputed championship that we would uh, fight over and have a good time. And we'd go to his house for pay per views. We'd go to my house pay per views. But we got so like involved in pro wrestling and like those fake little fun matches before pay-per-views that we decided gonna gonna peel back to weird little mario some of these <laughs> some of these stories about uh oh that's something people did uh we created our own <laughs> professional wrestling company called high impact wrestling not unlike welcome back championship wrestling um, yeah yeah it was just me and all of my friends you know steve jason andrew uh, kids down the road, Curtis, Nico, and we would get the little like toy belts from like Kmart, and then we would tape <laughs> over them. We would write like High Impact Wrestling World Champion, High Impact Wrestling Lightweight Champion, High Impact Tag Champs. We had a High Impact Wrestling European Championship, and basically, well, how it would work is Nico <laughs> so classy. Nico had <laughs> a trampoline, right? Wow. And so we'd get up on the trampoline, you'd have your matches, right? We'd come up with matches. And where this differed from professional wrestling is that uh, we're not professionals. <laughs> we're <just laughs> a couple of kids probably all suffering from ADHD and 
and just like <laughs> wanting to have fun and we would take turns doing like moves to each other and then like after like five minutes or so of like letting someone do a choke slam to you or you know a ddt then we would like go into like shoot wrestling and like mma grappling <laughs> and so like it's so, like just trying to hurt each other <laughs> yeah exactly so like um i think maybe we had two or three pins in the history of high impact wrestling but most of it was us like tapping each other out and things that probably could have hurt each other really bad (laughs) i i uh held the high impact world championship man i butchered that the high impact wrestling world championship i held that thing for i think i'm still considered the champion of it yeah not gonna lie reigning defending i think i'm the high impact wrestling world champion and high impact european champion currently concurrently right now longest reigning um but i used to like it was my pride and joy being the high impact wrestling champion because we would do this all the time not just like once a month but like every single weekend or like random school nights we'd just ride someone else's bus and go (laughs) and wrestle and sometimes we'd be on the champion sometimes just on like the dirt or a road and (laughs) i remember one time oh i defended this belt all the time if i'm wrestling i'm wrestling with my title on the line it's like the opposite of what like heel wrestlers did like, yeah, I yeah. never wanted to defend there. I always put my belt online, no matter who I was wrestling, and I always won because I was bigger than everyone else. And <laughs> Steve would always wrestle me, and we would just go hard all the time. And one time, we had a new kid over who I think wrestled for the school. Dang. And I put the title on the line, and we're wrestling, and he gets me in an arm bar, a legitimate yeah. arm bar, and my arm's like straight out, and... Yeah, it's foam and plastic, and it's got tape on it, but I cared so much about my fake, real, professional, professional, (laughs) made-up championship company and title and being the title, I didn't tap out, and it started to hyperextend my arm a little bit, and he got scared and and released. Oh, my God. And as soon as he released, I curled up over, and I threw him in a rear naked choke, and I, I choked the kid out, and I, <laughs> I, retained my, <laughs> I retained my title, and I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, and he's like, like he's going, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's bananas. <laughs> I was so desperate to start high impact wrestling up again in college, because I don't know if you were aware yeah, yeah. of the, like, the grappling nights that would go on around campus, and so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would find out that like oh Dover and over in Damiani, a couple of guys are are wrestling. Uh, do you want to head over there? Like we'd hear about it on Facebook, or someone would like text me like, "Hey, we're wrestling over here. Come over." Because word got out that I like wrestling, and I I was one of the biggest guys on campus. And so like, it's true. Uh, this kid named Matt, he's like just the same size as me, and he was wrestling. So someone texted me to come over and wrestle him, and it's just a great time. Um, we definitely would have got like fined if anyone in a mission oh yeah though also i think i was throwing around the ra so I, so I'm a, it's kind of blurry you know yeah some are more strict than others <laughs> and the, the, those stories wrestling people at college had nothing to do with pro wrestling because none of them watched pro wrestling they just like ufc was gaining momentum the people were just having fun it was almost yeah. like a form of exercise and it's just it's crazy how this little hobby spanned so yeah. much further into into my life and and made such great friendships and cultivated greater friendships uh like what happens post college yeah so um as the ultimate friend matchmaker um i had decided <laughs> 
to put all of my wrestling friends together into a, a Facebook group was where it began. And then it became a group chat because that was more practical. So I put all of the people I knew that watched wrestling into this group. And then we put them all into a chat. And then people left. And it just became like, you know, the people that were just going to talk about wrestling the most. And so um, we became close friends with people like Eddie, who we went to college with. Yeah. But that barely knew from college. I knew he was but, a great guy, but I never really got to hang out with him very often. I, yeah. I may have like had lunch with him a few times, maybe a class or two, but now, frick, I love the guy. Yeah. So it was just through talking about wrestling in a group chat that got us close to Eddie. Um, one of my friends, Benjamin from out West, um, you should never have crossed paths with ever. Nope. But here we are. Yeah. Friends, actual friends <laughs> because of the wrestle chat. And much like, um, the high impact wrestling championship belt, um, we have a money in the bank briefcase. And so, much like this is a stretch <laughs> doing a yeah, lot of work there. yeah no but, one's really um, fighting for this one <laughs> so uh we, we just we hinted at a money in the bank briefcase and the idea is it's usually a ladder match whoever gets this briefcase can cash it in for a shot at the title at any moment and they sell these briefcases so yeah. we bought one we pulled our money and bought one we, we caught the blue one on a discount and we got it yeah that's right. So now the, the um, there are five pay-per-views of the year. They call them the big five for WWE. And they're like the most important where a lot of stories uh, either begin or end. They're like yeah. the big moments of the year. And so our wrestle chat, there's usually five or six of us, just about. And uh, we will do predictions on how we think each of the matches will play out. And um, whoever gets the most points right, the most correct predictions gets to take home. The briefcase for the for the sake of TikTok. Do you wanna do you wanna show it <laughs> off? Do you have it close by? That's true. Yeah, I'll go get it if you can stall. All right. Well, um, I'm not gonna stall. He's gonna edit it. <laughs> he also he has the headphones, and so he hears me talking. <laughs> we're not we're not live. There's no need to stall. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> so here she is. Look at it. That's gorgeous. And you've had, yeah. have you had it for how long? Oh, a full calendar year. And when did we stop <laughs> competing for it? <laughs> <laughs> That's irrelevant, and that will not go in the history books. Actually, probably we should. But uh, I can tell you, I believe the inaugural champion was Benjamin, Benjamin, one of our friends, and then he retained it at SummerSlam, and then you won it at Survivor Series. You didn't keep it for very long before you had to send it through the mail to me. And now I've had it for over a year. Yep. And we've even had, uh, what, the cowboy James Storms comment on this situation, right? <laughs> yeah. I just told this story on the, the pile driver, which we should talk about as well. But um, I purchased a cameo from a professional wrestler to rub it in my friend's faces that they lost. <laughs> yeah. That's 40 bucks I've ever spent. Yeah. Wrestling, it's great for entertainment in the moment. It's great for friendships all around. And then we've expanded beyond that um not just talking about wrestling but going to wrestling shows as a group we went to extreme rules together as the wrestle chat um ben didn't join us as the wrestle chat drive out and tickets but he was like there with his daughter anyways that's right which is nice to see um and we show up it's at the console energy center in pittsburgh or it's the ppg or the PPG yeah, Paints Arena. 
Yeah. Depend depending on who's paying for their logo on the building at the time. <laughs> and as soon as we get there, uh, after this however many hour drive, uh, we so good. we decided to race up the stairs. Of the, of the I don't remember racing. That's why I'm <laughs> yeah, we're sprinting <laughs> making up, a face. We're sprinting up the stairs. You were definitely sprinting up the stairs. That part is not in question. But were you racing someone or were you just we were, running? I think we were all racing. Or maybe okay. in my head I was like, I'm going to beat these guys to the top. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's. Ca- I, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, tomato, potato, same thing. But sure, sure. I get to the top and I'm like, yeah, oh, and my back like goes <laughs> out. And like I have to like, oh, my back hurts so bad. I couldn't like get comfortable at all. I couldn't sit down for the, the show. Whole show. The whole show I like sat, like, you know, like seats sit up and then you push them down to sit down. I just left it up and kind of sat on the, the edge for the whole, for the whole show. Cause my back was just killing me. Turns out all I needed to do was stretch. Yeah. You fixed that pretty quick. Yeah. But it's a long night. Though, not during right? the show. I didn't fix it during the show right. or the right. evening after, but like the next day I like done what I should have done the first time and Googled what to do about a thrown out back or <laughs> tight back muscles. They said stretch and I did. And my back felt better immediately. But yeah, the whole time I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, Still having to pay for the whole thing. Just kidding. Eddie hooked us up with tickets. Just remember that part, That's too. Right. Eddie, you're the man. That's true. Eddie's... So true. Also, Eddie's hookup is the man. The one that got us the tickets. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a, a match. It was a Iron Man match, right? Uh, maybe. But why would they have a buzzer? There wasn't a buzzer. It's like a... It's either an hour or a 30-minute Iron Man match. And every time the counter would get down to the oh, last 10 right. seconds per minute, the crowd would just start... Doing 10, 9, yeah. 8, and then when they get to 1, the whole arena. And this is something that usually happens during the Royal Rumble, but this is just a match of these guys just trying their hardest. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the whole arena around them while they're trying to set up moves, we go, <laughs> like the buzzer. Yeah. At one point, um, so funny. WWE took the like, counter off the screen. They took it off the screen. We all booed. Yeah. <laughs> And then the wrestlers also, like, they probably were, like, pairing their matching so they didn't gas themselves early with the counter on the screen so they knew how hard to go yeah. and what moves hit. So, of course, the match was probably starting to fall apart. So they put the screen back up with the counter, which made everyone cheer. Mm. And they took it off the lower screen, but then they put it up on the higher screen. So everyone yeah, just, yeah. everyone's looking at this instead of looking at the match. They're all <laughs> not looking, looking at, the, at the match. We're all looking at the ceiling. What a legendary moment! And so, like, I would go to Twitter later that night, and the whole world is dragging Pittsburgh <laughs> because we ruined this amazing Iron Man match by our yelling for no reason. Oh, it was legendary. And uh, of course, a night's not complete without going to sheets afterwards. That's so true. So I feel like you probably tell the story. I mean, you started. I'll wrap it up. But <laughs> we go to Sheets after the show. Go to Sheets. We're on our way home. It's, I don't know, midnight? Probably pretty close. And so we stop at Sheets for a little snack. I walk in. I'm going up to the to the little screen where I place my order. And I look over. And I see. I'm trying to pick my words carefully because our last episode was about love. Um <laughs> I'm not a blind person, so I just catch this attractive young lady next to me. Yeah. And then it dawns on me that I saw this lady a couple hours earlier. She is the current WWE SmackDown Women's Champion, Carmella, in the flesh, right in front of me. And I go... At a gas station. At a gas station. 
<laughs> uh, Sheets is more than that gas station. And That's I, true. And That's I go, uh, Carmella. And she freezes. She's looking at her phone. And she realizes that she made a mistake coming to Sheets. <laughs> And, I, and and for the record, I'm being as respectful as possible. I was just, I was legitimately caught off guard that Carmela standing yeah, next yeah. to me. I go, Carmela, and she goes, "Yeah." And I go, <laughs> "I'm like, okay, clearly, she wants to be left alone." So I just go, "Yeah, you did fantastic tonight. Good job." And I didn't even wait for a response. I, I think she said thanks, maybe, but I just like turned. And I started doing my yeah, thing because yeah. I was like, "This lady wants left alone." Mm-hmm. And then Eddie comes out of nowhere, yo. Did you guys see Carmelo's over there? <laughs> <laughs> you can take the story from here. And so Eddie, the brave man that he is, without even he didn't even contemplate it from what I can tell. He jumps into action and says, Carmela, can I please have a picture with you? And so he got a picture with Carmela. And then I found out Carmela was in the room. Carmela's, I'm a fan of Carmela. Mm-hmm. Mela's money. Mela is money. And so I realized at this moment, I'm never ever going to be in a sheets with Carmela ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm doing the calculation. Like, is it worth ruining her night for me to have a picture? And and the calculation was, yes, definitely worth it. <laughs> and so I went and got a picture with Carmela as well. And uh, I have no regrets about it. I know you think that you're like on this high horse about being the best hey. person in the room, in the gas station. But, uh, you have no regrets? I have no regrets. You have a picture? Right, I do good. not have a picture. But I have a moment. That's right. Nah. She pro- there's no proof of the moment. She probably so. thinks of me. She's probably like, anytime she's got to deal yeah. with a fan, she's coming up, she's like, man, why couldn't they just be like that guy at Sheets? He just said thanks mm-hmm. and goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but I have a picture, so. Yeah. And so. Uh, I'm still calling it a win. <laughs> we, have, we have these wrestling moments that are ingrained in our friendships. And then uh, we happen to continue the story on, and this is, will be roughly where our elaborate and crazy stories of wrestling start to come to a close, where we joined a podcast together. Or you joined one right. and invited me on. Yeah, a friend of mine um, in our community up here in northeastern Pennsylvania had this wrestling podcast, and he would go to a local promotion, Pennsylvania Premier Wrestling in Hazleton, um, and they have a relationship with Impact Wrestling, and they have really cool shows. When you can have shows, they're having them every month, and they were really great. And um, so he inv- I'd gone to one PPW show, I think, in the past, and he had seen me there, and then when he started his podcast, it was him and one other guy. He was finding the other guy couldn't make it sometimes, and he just wanted to uh, expand the conversation, so they looked for a third, and it was me. And so I was added to the... Um, the PA Pile Driver podcast host team, and there were another couple times where you know somebody couldn't make it, or we were looking to talk Bullet Club, or you know just expanding the conversation again. And I said, you know, I have a friend, and you know the first episode that I was on, I don't know if it was the first episode, one of the first episodes I was on, I said my friend Mario was going to be so jealous that I was on a <laughs> uh, wrestling podcast before him, and it was true. And then when the opportunity uh, presented itself, I said, you know, my friend Mario would be a great addition to this team. And he truly is. Yeah, it was a great time. It was a great season. Um, we're having some things shipped around on PA Power Driver, yeah. so, I, so I hear. I took a step back because I couldn't keep up with uh, weekly stuff. But I think I'm still on a little bit. I'll yeah. be occasionally called in. Affiliated. Um, they're changing up some things over there. We got connected with the guys from the Tornado Tag podcast. Tony was actually right. a feature on our... Uh, podcast episode seven um yeah and uh 
Actually, I might even uh, be making a guest appearance over on the Tornado Tag for an episode Sick. pretty soon. Um, more of that information to come. Or not. I don't know if we'll talk about it here again. Um, <laughs> this is one of those episodes where, like, like yes, we're making podcasts for people, but also we're making it for ourselves. And um, It's a very self-indulgent episode. Yeah. But I'm excited for them for... I don't know if I want to say excited for so much as I am happy with the impact wrestling has had on my life. Yeah. A lot of memories, a lot of relationships that just wouldn't exist without it. Yeah. It's taught me a lot about storytelling, about art, uh, which is funny to say, but I really believe that. Yeah. So um, I'm glad that you brought me into it. Well, thank you guys so much for being part of this wrestling conversation. We're going to come right back in a moment with some uh, recommendations and uh, a few thank yous. So uh, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. That's perfect. It's good. It's chewing out of the way. My cup's empty again. Rip. I should stop bringing the snacks to the table when I record. And we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, I always <laughs> mess it up. Welcome back. Uh, so we we just finished up this conversation on on pro wrestling. Um, I hope you're still listening. Yeah, I hope you still are listening. Uh, if not, you know, what, you're a jerk for not listening. I can say because I can't hear us, right? It's true. How, it's so true. How dare you tap out early, you cowards. If you can hear this, we're not talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> But we got some recommendations for you guys. Uh, to if you were interested in our conversation and you were looking for more wrestling oriented stuff or just fun stuff in general, because I think these things actually stand alone yeah. pretty well. I agree. So I'll give you my recommendation. Um, we've talked a ton about stories, and th- I'm recommending a YouTube video. Um, to my knowledge, that's what it is. It, it's not a movie. It's not a TV show. As much as it could have been you know, capitalized on, I think more. This is a YouTube video called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. And spoiler alert, the idea is wrestling is stories. You know, so yeah. um, basically, this the, the narrator, the media creator, he chronicles the career of Triple H. So if you don't know anything about wrestling, you've probably heard of Triple H. He's, you know, one of the most iconic wrestlers, mm-hmm. um, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and chronicles his career from the very beginning up until, you know, almost modern day. Well, it was modern for when it came out. Yeah. Um, but chronicling his career through, you know, his changes in characters to stuff in his real life to his today role, which is management, you know, executive role yeah. with the company. Um, and it just lays it out in such a beautiful story where you see other other wrestlers from all over the decades and you just see his his decades of wrestling in, you know, 15 minutes or whatever. It's beautiful storytelling. It's almost like an episode of Drunk History from Comedy Central. Great point, yeah. And yeah, that's uh, the medium. The guy he tells the whole story, but it'll cut from him telling the story to like actors acting out these things. A lot of cameos, a lot of like up and coming YouTubers at the time. Um, mm. Macaulay Culkin is in there at yeah, one point. Seth so Green's true. in there at one point. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Johnny, not, not Johnny Nigel, John Morrison, who's a wrestler uh-huh, right now. Uh-huh. He also made a cameo back then. Um, yeah, it's, I watch it at least. It, at bare minimum, I'll watch it once a year. Um, whenever yeah. we come up for WrestleMania, we'll usually put it on and laugh together. 
but my recommendation is from Netflix, a show that was canceled too early. Hopefully, it'll come back one day, but I doubt it. But, oh, no. I don't uh, think I knew that. The TV show, Glow, uh, which Glow stands for Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. It's a TV drama about uh, a professional wrestling that did happen back in the in the 80s. Uh, by the same uh, name. And so that stars Allison Brie of Community and Betty Glippin, Gilpin from uh, Mad Not Men. Uh, Mark Marin's in it uh, and a couple others yeah. as well. And uh, yeah, it's a. I thought it was a great show. I really enjoyed season one. Um, so if you're looking yeah. for some wrestling drama content, uh, go check it out. It's uh, fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Jake, for being a part of this episode. Thank you for everyone from the Wrestle Chat. Thank you, uh, everyone from Tornado Tag. If you guys are listening, thank you, Evan. Thank you. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Emily, Sam. Oh, and a big thank you to Curtis Kowalski for stepping in to do the intro to this episode. Special thanks to you, the host of the PA Pile Driver podcast. Mm-hmm. Did, anyone, did anyone tweet you? We said this last episode. If you tweet us, we'll, we'll say oh, your no. name. No, not yet. Um, tweet us. Tweet us. Uh, at Mario Miley. M-I-L-I-E is my last name. Yeah, you can find me online at Chris McNaney. This has been great. And uh, yeah, yeah, episode 10. Uh, we did 10 episodes so far. This is this is pretty cool. Uh, we have yeah. more things coming down the line. We are not uh, slowing down in any way, shape, or form. We're happy and uh, thankful for you guys joining us here at the table in our conversation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review us wherever you're listening, and share this episode with someone who you would wrestle, someone who there you, you would take their championship belt from, or someone you'd be a tag like team it. champion with. You know, however you need... That's even better. However you want to do it. But it, we want you to share this episode. That's what helps us this grow. Thank you to everyone who has been listening and sharing so far. Uh, again, you can find us, all of our social medias, uh, use those... those uh, tags at mario miley and at chris mcnaney whether it's twitter instagram whatever um check out some of the episode highlights on tiktok on our uh on our tiktok uh, welcome back podcast welcome back podcast i'll learn to talk one day maybe by episode 20 <laughs> uh, so we can keep this conversation going and maybe and it's a great place for you to hop in and maybe even like treat it like a trailer like listen to, to some of our clips and maybe yeah. you'll go back into our catalog and watch those episodes send them to somebody else as well until next time we'll be right back we'll be right back Okay.